0: my god oh oh oh. Oh, it's like i'm getting i'm getting bile coming up my throat
1: hey up and welcome to the temple of bleh episode whatever um no dave dave's shape shifted into someone who sounds remarkably like shab
0: i think it's episode 35 by the way just oh thank you i think i think do the
1: interview episodes count towards the episode numbers? No, there. I did a QI thing there, and just did it by letter. So interviews are letters, and then ramblings with other Yorkshire folk is is numbered.
2: I did wonder if we were meant to play up the Yorkshire accents. And, uh...
1: Well, I want this to be as alienating as possible. <laughs> well, with <we're> mission accomplished, <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: even I feel alienated being on this show. <laughs>
1: fantastic anyway uh what are, you, are we start... what, are you, what are you doing and why
0: oh yeah but i guess we should uh introduce the fact that not not just introduce my brother by saying a guy that also sounds like me but <laughs> my brother here is is uh appearing in uh i suppose in dave's stead this week
2: long time listener first time caller <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's that
0: got is. i'm sure it's got a lot of classic jokes like that prepared for the show which is always <laughs> which is why we need more guests <laughs> we're,
1: well, we're well running out material well, well so you're always ref- you're always referred to by Shab after after the fact like oh mm. my, brother, my brother says this about feeling for a friend and he also hears Between the Buried and Me oh. yeah so, wait, um, he's Between the Buried and Me
0: <laughs> no, I think he's changed <laughs> shit he's shit don't listen That's to him, him. <laughs> um, <laughs> he meant he meant Bring the me Horizon I think <laughs>
1: Which one don't you like? I know you don't like Bring the Horizon. Isn't it buried tomorrow? Or there's something to do with? Oh well, we've being talked buried.
0: about buried tomorrow. Yeah, we t- buried tomorrow. Um, we've talked about their descent into mediocrity a lot. So.
1: Right, I'd okay. say it's
2: lower than mediocrity. It's outright bad. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, we to go. be fair, I don't. I don't like Between the Buried and Me's new material that much, but it's still so good. I have to respect it. So I'm never going to say a bad word about them. <laughs>
2: Sorry, but very tomorrow,
0: tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Very tomorrow is a different story. So, um, yeah. So I, that's I guess that's the introductions bit through. We did. Um, uh, are we gonna start like last week with the topic first, and then we'll just like descend into news. news?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I quite like that.
0: Yeah. So, actually, let's start by uh, putting uh, putting your edge under the grill with uh, by asking him some of the podcast favourites. First, just, you know, just review some of our old uh, our old topics quickly. Just fire them at you. So, okay. most overrated bands, in your opinion, go.
2: I mean, this is going to sound very derivative. This is Bring With Horizon, is it, obviously? Uh, I mm. mean, Buried Tomorrow nowadays. Uh, like, re- any anything like Britpop, like Oasis, is just obviously absolute shite. But for some reason, it's lauded as, like, the second coming of The Beatles or something.
0: I think Jim likes Oasis, so uh, careful what you say.
2: Oh, I, don't, I, just, I
1: don't hate them. Not a complete, it, it's, it's I do like them, but there. I also agree with everything you just said there. That. So no, that's fine. Totally acceptable assessment of the situation.
0: Any others?
2: Uh, I don't think any that you didn't mention on the. Other I think you mentioned, uh,
0: I think you said to me Radiohead.
2: Oh, did I not just say that now? I forgot. Okay. Yeah, Radiohead as well. Just like, again, just got this weird cultish following of like whatever you know Tom York could take a shit in a room and everyone would say it's brilliant but.
0: um should I should I bring up the story I was bring up of uh the fact that I once met Tom York by complete coincidence at a train station in Oxford
1: and you saw uh, this one before. I, I've, I
0: don't think I've told it on the show to be fair I just told everyone don't, else
1: uh, don't call it a show it's
0: On the, this, is, this isn't what, what, a show
1: what do, you, what do you want me to call it on the mess yeah that'd be more accurate <laughs>
0: um the first person I texted was you, actually, Jim.
2: I was like, oh, I'm, sat, right. I'm, I'm sat next to uh, the fucking lead singer of Radiohead, but I'm not going to say anything because they're uh, <laughs> uh
0: And that, that was it. That was the extent of the story. I just sat next to him and like just about excited enough to text you and then sort of lived with it. That
1: was my no response. Really. My memory is failing me these days. I can't but... remember. That was
0: it. Was a long time. ago. to be fair. It was probably like twenty sixteen or something. So. Yeah. Uh, that's probably something equally, you know, derogatory. I guess. Um, uh, ne-
1: next, next fire lightning round topic. All
0: right, uh, guilty pleasures go. Uh,
1: I do like a bit of uh, like
2: Swedish pop that i got into recently. As a sort of way to improved my Swedish, so like Veronica Maggio and uh, Molly Sandin and uh, who else? A bit of Magnus Carlsen. Not Magnus Carlsen, what's he called now? Uh, Magnus Carlsen's the chess player in it from Norway. Yeah. Uh, Magnus. <laughs> some... Svensson? Oh, I can't remember his name now, but he was... He's, Ericsson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, it's going to book me now. I can't remember his uh, name. Um,
0: well, we don't, we don't know who... I only.
2: know I they know like two songs by him, but it's an, an absolute
0: absolute banger that song so what is it what's the genre then just all out just pop what
2: yeah pretty much synthy pretty much.
1: stuff or what uh,
2: well yeah not like yeah I mean yeah I suppose synthy but like not like synth wave kind of well,
1: since of you're level. doing it to improve your language capabilities I'd say it's less of a guilty pleasure and more completely innocent and pragmatic pleasure <laughs> well so it's
0: you, probably you let just me down, down
1: there to, just try, yeah just trying to sound a bit more uh, you know sophisticated.
2: More I suppose. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. trying to downplay it probably <laughs> um he's he's really listened to it just for its grooving beats. Um if that, I is mean, that it all you good? Questions?
2: Yeah, you can't you can't. right. All right. You all right. Well
0: you can, you can send maybe some of it over. Although I don't know how well the Swedish language translates to music. because uh, since <laughs> most Swedes since since most Swedes apparently like to sing in English, you know, mm. demonstrated by the most famous
1: Listen honestly. to listen to Troll. It's a a a folk metal band that are all Finnish, but they're singing Swedish because it sounds more troll-like, they say.
2: But <laughs> did that. Oh, you've
1: got to go in Danish if you want to sound like a troll. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know uh, if it's still
2: a true fact, but uh, I heard that Finland has the most metal bands per population of any country in the world. That's a Good one for you, if it's still true. Uh, it's not, uh, that's probably true.
1: Have you heard of the conspiracy theory that Finland isn't a real country? It's just actually just a mass of water. Now, oh, it's pretty good. Um, I think it was. I'll, I'll try and recount it, I'll, ju- I'll do a very abridged version. I think it was something to do with the Russo Japanese War of nineteen one, nineteen two, Um, and I think as In part of, like the as part of the as part of the the ceasefire arrangement, um, there's be a designated area where both countries could fish, so they called the, the place as like a just a body of water in between Scandinavia and Russia, and just call it Finland to represent the fish that's going to be uh, fish there.
0: Yeah, that sounds like horseshit to me. Don't know, who told you that one.
1: <laughs> I've never been
0: was to it, Finland. Though, have I? No, I'll,
1: I'll, I'll send you something. All right, well, I've been to Finland. I can confirm that it is real. So. All right, shit.
2: Mm, unfortunately, well, I'll close that one up.
1: Well, what, are you sure you went to Finland? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you sure you went on a boat? I've actually swung from Sweden to Finland across about it's, it sounds more impressive, it's actually about hundred and fifty metres of river, but Calm River. Also it is called Magnus Carlsen, but it's it's spelled the Swedish way rather than the Norwegian way. So I've been playing a lot of chess, so I suddenly was like, Oh shit, am I just thinking of the chess player? But no.
0: Have you That's jumped great. on the uh the Twitch chess player bandwagon?
2: Oh god no. I've never been on Twitch in my entire life. I don't intend to start now.
0: Go on, you're, I mean you're on a you're on a podcast, so it's the next uh, logical step.
2: Yeah, I'm feeling a bit dirty to be honest.
0: <laughs> uh, next best gig story, gal.
2: Uh, gig story? Well, I mean, I mean the Stuart Lord ones. I was I was privileged enough to uh, bear witness to. <laughs> obviously, obviously up there. Um, but oh, okay, yeah, best gig story. When I went to see uh, Morrissey. Um, I you know, Morrissey at every concert. You know, he's so full of himself, he throws his shirt into the crowd, you know, in every concert. And I was like two people from the front. Uh, And he threw his shirt into the crowd and it was like going just behind me. So I sort of turned around and tried to grab it in midair. And then ended up grabbing something I thought was the shirt. And then there were like six other people like all trying to like grab it. And there was like a big like everyone that fell onto the floor except for me. I was like still stood up grabbing onto something and just like wrenched my arm back as hard as I could ended up with a piece of a shirt and I was like oh sweet I've got part of Morrissey's shirt put it in my pocket and then yeah, I enjoyed the rest of the concert got back to my car God. got out the piece of shirt and I was like oh cool Morrissey's shirt I think it smells like him oh great and then we just like hang on Marcy wearing a blue shirt, not a black shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so I just to them guys' shirt off. <laughs> that's
1: a great story. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> oh, I once almost got enough height to keep know, trying to get a I don't know what's funnier though, is it? Is it the original guy's shirt off while you walk out of there going, "Oh great, I've got a bit of Moses shirt." I wonder if it smells it's, like him it's,
0: it's got to be the other guy getting home, find a massive hole in his shirt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> his favourite fucking shirt. He wore that for the Morris he Thought, "Oh, I'm going to wear my favourite, my best T-shirt." Well, I, th- I think now they do all do that. I think so it's all like you know, it's like sort of forty-year-old you know, like your dads that are just like, you know, think they're sort of the, dog, the dog's bollocks when they go to concerts and they all wear like, you know, sort of like their best, like Gucci shirts and stuff. They try and act like Morrissey. So <laughs> 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 it's a really expensive. <laughs> it's better than a Morrissey's shirt.
1: <laughs> they will go to a Morrissey gig to act like Morrissey. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh,
2: oh that's good.
0: Um, I once almost got in a fight with someone fucking trying to get a plectrum. They threw it in the crowd, and I was about to pick it up. Guy just fucking straight up just stomped on my hand to, to sort of collect it, you know, to uh, declare his, pro, declare his property. And like literally stomped on my fucking hand. I'm like, what the fuck? But, uh, I guess in real life, I'm not, I'm not, I'd rather just make threats over podcasts at people like Dave than actually do it in real life, because I should have
1: fucking... <laughs> I had one of those, except um, it was, I think it was Overkill, the basis through the plug out. It hit me in the chest and fell to the floor. So I just sort of squatted down, picked it up, and stood back up. <laughs> Someone clearly timed their attempt at claiming it wrong, because I'd stood up, it was in my hand and in my pocket, and some guy just lunged at the floor where it once was, <laughs> like a good like, second or two after I'd picked it up. It was pretty heroic, to be honest.
2: (laughs) Uh, You should have
0: taken a piece of his shirt as well for the the memory. Um, And then I guess the final question, at least the one that comes to mind, there might be other topics we've covered that I can't remember, is, um, and I promise I won't bring this up again, but do you agree with my funeral friend (laughs) analysis?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean... I guess so. Like especially the, early, the very early funeral for a friend, but I feel like there are still you know sort of some differences. Um, but well, I think maybe, I that, think they maybe that's just I'm the only person that seems to like uh, tell something Tell themselves. So I I like I to think, give give funeral for a friend the credit for being a diverse man.
0: Yeah, well, I think they very clearly like tried to change the sound a little bit, and that might that might have been the label, maybe because they definitely started out trying to be. Kind of a you know metal core, metal, thrashy, slightly thrashy. Um, I don't know, hardcore band almost, and that that sound did not stick for a long time, which is why you know it, it, it gets it, the music kind of gets softer. As well, I guess it happens with a lot of bands, to be fair. But that's this one of these questions that we wanted to ask Chris, the guitarist, but unfortunately, still hasn't replied. Um,
1: <laughs> this is gonna be but, a sad saga every week.
0: I'm going to, well, I, I'm going to, I think I'm going to message him on Instagram. Might as well. You haven't messaged him on Instagram, have you?
1: No, I, I, no, I assume that's a dead platform for him.
0: Well, I'll, uh, I, I guess I'll take the initiative. It's been long enough. He's had low enough to reply on other platforms. So we'll okay, give it a go. Uh, okay. Well, oh, we'll conclude by saying you do agree. So thank you very much. Um, sure. <laughs> Right, uh, we'll uh, move on to the the main topic, I suppose, of the of the week, which is we're talking about um, singers who got too big for their own boots, slash display lead singer syndrome, slash cause the downfall of their own band. So, divas in the rock and metal world. Any suggestions for me?
1: Um, we can start off big. Start off very obvious. You can start off with um, uh, Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden. Okay, go on. Very, very obvious. Just because he, he uh, started a solo career in the early 90s. Uh, Adrian Smith had left Maiden. <clears throat> um, whether I don't know enough about this to know if it was him being too big for his own boots, but he definitely left Maiden in the early 90s to pursue said solo career. Um and that kind of put a damper on everything like when they were on tour with Maiden, because he knew he was going to leave to do the solo stuff. It was kind of like he was kind of phoning it in on those fear of the dark dates. Um, and obviously the, the solo stuff, I don't know, it was not, well, not as good as Maiden. But at the same time, people seemed to enjoy it more than what Maiden was doing at that time without Bruce. So it was like created the downfall of the band, yes. Two big for his boots, maybe not.
2: Hmm. I don't know, did you hear that he said that the interesting thing about Brexit was that he voted for it? Not any of this stuff, but that he voted for it. He <laughs> so, does seem very up his own ass. Well, yeah. he's, he's, he's probably going to the wrath here, of so. all the, all the metalheads now. So.
0: Actually, that's that's my only piece of news covered, I suppose, in that uh, Bruce Dickerson has had his hip replaced during the lockdown. So I'll just get that out of the way. I can close that tab. Good for him. Good for him. Good for his hip. Yeah, we'll see him dancing again on stage very soon.
1: Well, I just want to throw a really obvious and innocent one out there because you're about to regale me of fucking tales of um, presumably intimate impropriety.
0: Um,
1: as well, is, I mean, as is like, your thing. Does like you know horrific
2: sort of drug and alcohol abuse count? Because obviously you got like Ozzy Osbourne, which has caused like one of the great schisms in sort of metal in terms of like people who just like. You know, violently so, sort of get repulsed if you. Oh, I not know James that because. Dio, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, nah, those people fucking suck. Though, like the <laughs> Do Years were good, and Ozzy's contribution to Black Sabbath is obviously it's it's not exactly. Um, what's the word? It's beyond reproach, basically, and the Ronnie D- James Dio years, like it's a good, it was a good transition, and Ozzy went on to do some awesome solo stuff. So it was like everyone kind of won from that situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? True, true. And he didn't get too big for his own boots. He was kicked out of the band for being too Yeah, boots, yeah. You know? Well, yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. Yeah. I guess we that's just need to define some parameters as to what we're uh, considering. The...
1: Well, I'm, I'm clearly considering like the greater good at, like what to do in the grand scheme of things. Um, maybe not. might not count for shit, but I bet if we sort of open up the body enough, we'll... Arrive at sensible conclusions.
0: Well, if we're talking about older bands like that, then Pink Floyd certainly fall into that category of uh, you know the two massive divas, Roger Waters and David Gilmore like can't get along with each other because they both think they're the the real front man of the band. So they have to split into two massive ego projects, you know, vanity projects, basically, which is what we've all had to suffer from for the past thirty five years or whatever. Uh, just vanity projects of these two, aging blue dads. Um, so I guess they, I guess they're worth a mention. But I think more in um, my domain, obviously, of the, uh, the dark, seedy underworld of metalcore and post-hardcore. The thing is, um, I had two good candidates for this topic immediately, and then struggled to think of anyone else. So it's kind of ironic that, despite you know. These genres being full of sleazy singers and uh, and other band members that are happy to exploit their fame and prey on young fans and so on, as we've already discussed many times as a weekly segment on this podcast. Uh, most of them maintain quite a humble facade, so there aren't too many like divas that came to mind and messy breaks up uh, breakups in this genre. Um, but I'll start with one which actually brought this topic to mind for me uh which was um well it relates to one of my favorite bands or at least probably top 15 icy stars an electronic or band slash transcore one of the best to do it uh i just noticed a video on my instagram feed of a live performance by them with the description that read we performed calm snow last week with at shy beast and i'm thinking who the fuck is shy beast and uh, it turns out the lead singer, Devin Oliver, has decided he's too important to be identified by the band he formed with his friends and his own brother back in 2006. And now goes by the name Shy Beast, uh, which is the name of also the name of like his solo EDM project that he started a couple of years ago. Um, so, I mean, he's, in, he's entitled to start his own solo project, but uh, it's just the fact that he, has, he now has to be credited separately when performing with his own band, which... It's so like weird, such like a a massive ego trip to me, and it's you know at, at best it's it's weird, at worst it's sort of like he's shitting on his own band bandmates. Um, mm. Maybe I'm just misinterpreting the situation, but um, and he's just what is it with people
1: doing solo EDM projects? That's my grievance with the culture as a whole. That's what I find like of, of like the 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 tartarosian musicians in like the local scene, like when we were younger. A lot of them were like be in bands, and then they'd go and do a fucking solo EDM project, and it was just dog shit, and then everything just sort of like collapsed around them, and then there was no scene anymore. That's how I kind of viewed the, the dark-seedy underworld of Halifax and Huddersfield.
0: Well, well I, I think for like Icy Stars, it's it's understandable. It's not a massive departure from their music, because it's just EDM, but with guitars, you know, it's core, it's electronic or so. um They've always had a big focus on the electronic side of things the synthy side of things so him just um getting slightly poppier with his uh with his creative output it's not it's not too bad at i think that's not i don't really hold that against him to be fair and the songs that i've heard from this uh solo project uh, are not too bad so that's not really the issue that, that what i take issue with it's just that he's sort of completely rebranded himself and he doesn't go by his own name he goes by the name shy beast which, yeah. which seems like such a um you know it's like a it's like the modern fucking uh what do you call them soundcloud rapper sort of thing to could do, there like. be a
1: legal reason for that though i'm not no, i'm not trying to refute your point i'm just saying
0: no it's fair enough i don't know um i don't isn't think not now why so, prince
1: cause... became an unpronounceable symbol so he didn't have to fulfill his like uh, legal obligations to a, <laughs> a label
0: um i mean it could be who knows there's not a lot of information there's no none of this is really set out in a nicely worded wikipedia article or anything it's just <laughs> from what i've what i've just dug up and um you know i could be misinterpreting it. as i say it could just he could just be trying to promote his solar project but he, i think he did go by his own name for a while one you know after he'd started this project so not necessarily i don't know but um, the thing is, IC Stars are so slow with their releases these days. It's not worth following them religiously. So I have to sort of um, pick up the pieces every couple of years to see what's going on. Um, but I just on that Instagram video, there were a lot of people sort of lamenting the potential end of of the band as we know them, and sort of saying, "Oh, remember when it used to be icy Stars and not icy Stars featuring Shy Beast and shit like that?" Um, but then he hasn't got he hasn't got a massive fucking output as shy beast. So, um, I don't know what his end goal is, but it just for, it seemed really strange, especially, uh, with his own brother in the band and he's sort of trying to rebrand himself as too good to be identified with the rest of the band. It just came across as a massive ego thing, but mm. I could be wrong about it. I could be wrong, but that's, uh, that's my first contender for sort of a, somebody, a singer with a little bit of demonstrating some, um, Lead, what do what would you call it? Lead vocalist syndrome. Mm. Um, I mean, I can move on to my next guy, but if you've you guys have got uh, other contributions, please uh, feel free. I'll I've
1: will let got my turn, Yeah, go um, for it. Uh,
2: do you know? Do you know the band Escape the Fate?
0: I do. Yeah,
2: I'm so i sure, like I'm not po- sure if Jim post- post- was. And, uh, and, uh, no, a Bit too seen, I think, for Jim. Uh, yeah. Uh, But, like, yeah, they were, like, sort of a post-hardcore band in, like, I don't know, 2005 or something. Um, And, yeah, basically, like, the singer, before they even became a band, he, like, had some weird situation where, like... So they're from, like, Las Vegas, I think. And basically, like, he went out into, like, the desert with, like, a bunch of his, like, hoodlum mates to, like, have a fight with some of the hoodlums. And then, like, because it's America... Obviously, one of them pulls a gun and shoots someone else dead. Um, But then, like, he got basically, like, you know, um, they all just got off with, like, probation or whatever. Um, But then, like, half, you know, when, like, the Escape the Fate were at, like, the height of their fame, he, like, broke his parole and then went to prison for, like, two and a half years. And during the course of his, like, prison stint, decided to become, like, a rapper. And now has, like, this this really shitty, like, rap group called Falling in Reverse, where he's just, like, Hanging
0: out yeah. in like airplane hangers, dancing around like a weirdo. That's uh, that's Ronnie Radke,
2: isn't it? Yeah,
0: I've uh, yeah. I, I think Stuart used to send a few of. I oh, maybe I just um, maybe I'm just trying to fucking <laughs> drop the ball on Stuart here, and I just listened to them myself, and just and like kind of ironically, and ended up liking them a little bit because it was just so obnoxious. They're a bit like Attila, but um, they're super flashy. I mean uh actually i was thinking back when we were talking about bands you know chad core that's a big i would say he's a big contender in that in that category of chad core where they're they're very much uh it's 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 like he's got the tattoos and and the fringe and everything that suggests emo scene boy but then at the same time he's he's like flashing you know expensive cars about and jewelry and shit and trying to be part of that hip-hop culture as well so he was like a massive uh, contender that I completely you know completely escaped my mind, but easily done.
1: Easily done. Because there's so fucking many that they all you know, like they all just blend into one for me.
0: Yeah. There are well, a few it's like ones, uh,
2: from first to last, where well, like the singer became like a you know house legend or something. Like it's really bizarre. It's got like yeah scr- on one side and yeah, a massive fringe and it's just like, you know, a, like Wakefield clubs where everyone's like, you know, on cocaine and shit. And he's just
0: like part of that for some reason. Bitter. Yeah, it's quite, it's, yeah, it's strange at seeing, seeing guys kind of uh tran- transition themselves, somehow infiltrate like Chad culture. <laughs> it's fucking weird. <laughs>
2: Chad culture, I fucking
0: love it. <laughs> Without even cutting the fringes, it's, it's just, it's so, uh, I'd I'd never I'd never have predicted this like in my moshe days of 2005. Mm-hmm. Ever in a million years. Yeah. Blasphemy. Um have you got a contribution? Jim?
1: Um oh let's have a think. Let's try and work through um uh like my what I understand as metal core. So if you think of trivium, nothing happened there, Killswitch, nothing happened there. We can't it can't be too far. Events unfold, nothing happened there. I don't believe there are any particularly obnoxious singers in the last sort of like in the last in that kind of era. Everyone Mm -hmm. seemed to have everything sort of on the straight and narrow, didn't they? Um, Yeah,
0: it is it is a strange one in in the scene of Metalcore and post-hardcore that the singers, despite I don't know, having so many other controversies surrounding them, they don't really display the the lead singer syndrome.
1: I could go Ang Vim Almstein for a laugh. So I Malmstein, obviously a guitar virtuoso, at least that was the idea. Um, he had a, he was unquestionably the front man. He was the main appeal of the entire group. It was all about that skill on the guitar. And he had, it was effectively like power metal, but with heavy shred leanings and went through a cycle of singers as you, as you want to do. And I think recently, I think the last thing was Tim Ripper Owens, who used to be Injured Priest. <clears throat> and I think he just can't shake canned him. And now, he just plays the lead vocal part on guitar, hmm. and everyone's the worse for it. Yeah, it's, well, it's it's. I think it's like it's widely kind of mocked now the state of England Malmsteen's live show. It was just, what, some just, glaring... just because of the
0: standard of his performances.
1: Correct. It was just like it could. It's not a cohesive unit anymore. Hmm. If you like watching one guy wank about on guitar, it's pretty good. But if you like seeing a song. Being delivered is not very good, and I think a singer is quite central to that, especially when you've built your career for the last 30 40 years on songs with that have vocals on them. Hmm. It's quite a bold step to not have any vocals on any of your live shows yet still play the same songs.
0: I have the same issue with like people like Joe Satriani and Steve Vai. in principle. I mean, they, they do seem quite humble in person and everything in real life, but it is as a performance It is very uh cringy like g- guitar gymnastics where what what am i supposed to be enjoying here sort of thing. uh it's pretty cringe i keep getting suggested steve on instagram and it's uh, it's killing the experience uh, of, of, brow- of browsing the feed um so cheesy it's so fucking cheesy um
2: you just have to trust that the algorithm knows you better than you know yourself. You're secretly a Steve Vai fan. You just need to embrace it.
0: But the thing is, I, uh, I've i been you know sort of mentioning to a few people, Oh, I'm kind of tempted to sell my car. And then suddenly yesterday, I browsed my Instagram feed, and it's like, want to sell your car? So what I really need to do is hold the phone to my mouth and just keep saying, I really fucking hate Steve Vai. Oh, I really can't stand seeing him. Uh, and then uh, they'll probably improve that uh, the ad the targeted ads on Instagram.
1: I clicked on one skate video, just one video of like someone skateboarding.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And now every single post is like a skateboard. then again, I'm not like a big Instagram <laughs> person. So maybe I've just not toyed with it. I've not mm-hmm. had enough FaceTime with it for it to figure out who I am. Who I am. But um, yeah, every single thing is a skate video of varying qualities.
0: It's like, it's like my suggested is, is mostly fucking topless muscular guys. And I don't follow any topless muscular guys. So, obviously hears me working out or something or talking about it and just starts throwing this at me and i'm like yeah I'll, yeah I, I quite enjoy working out but i don't really want to see half naked guys that's all it's i'm getting suggested now
2: mm. uh
0: but back on topic because i do have one last contribution and uh if we're talking about egos in modern rock and metal well we we have a we have the winner here uh jared leto oh wow oh yes I mean, in all fairness, you can't blame the man. It, not only is he the front man of a successful rock band, um, Thirty Seconds to Mars, with all the egomania that that brings, he's also an Oscar-winning actor. and By most accounts, you know, charismatic, good-looking guy with women throwing themselves at his feet, and an estate probably worth millions at this point. So it's uh, it's kind of a miracle that he hasn't choked to death sniffing his own farts. Um, but have you seen have you seen the summer camps that? The band has held since 2015. I've read about them. Well, who? Yeah. They charge uh, $999 for two nights of outdoor camping. And you have to bring your own tent and supplies. And uh, the VIP experience costs $6,499. Um, I don't know if you've seen the pictures where he's dressed in a in a white robe with a beard and flowing locks of Jesus Christ, surrounded by hundreds of women following and gazing up at him. It's literally the word ego personified in a picture. Um, and every other picture kind of tells the same story where it's like 300 people, 90, 90% of them female, all dressed in white like a fucking cult, sitting on the floor while he addresses them from his throne. Like how, that, how none of those retreats have uh, not ended in a suicide back, I'll, I'll never know, to be fair. Maybe he's just um, planting
1: the seeds. Maybe it's the next one where it all kicks off and they all drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs>
0: well well, that's what what I mean it is uh, really fucking surreal Uh, there's a video here which I'm going to send you oh thank you uh, I'm a watch of the video I've sent you one here on WhatsApp you you can watch it on mute It's uh, while I talk so basically the the fans refer to themselves as the echelon (laughs) and uh, you know Just watch watch this video uh, uh, representing the cult of 30 Seconds to Mars and tell me your butt cheeks aren't puckering with with cringe right now. Um, It's like, it's so detached from the music, the musical output and like what you generally associate with, you know, the creativity of a band at this point where it's like this weird cultish community.
1: Uh, Is this, you know, how like the main engagement model for most sort of Outfits, bands, podcasts—it's like join our Discord. as a really positive community. Is this their way of leaning into that, but they're going in a completely different direction?
0: To a, well, uh, to an extent, I feel like it's a bit more nefarious in that they. Have oh yeah, quoted... definitely
1: nefarious, definitely daft, and definitely <laughs> fucked up. But I'm just thinking: is is it a is it a response to an incentive which isn't that uncommon? Because well, we... I'll pay my 25 quid to be part of the Iron Man fan club. Yeah. Right. I get my I get my discounts at the shop. I get my okay, monthly newsletter. Here we
0: newsletter. go. Here we like, go. It's but all coming out now. Go
1: on. Nah, <laughs> but or you could like get a Twitch subscription and pay five quid a month, which mm. amounts to sixty quid a year. And what you get the access to that is a special room in the Discord server and some fucking emails. Oh, oh yeah, I find all so of like that. The dynamic is all I'm saying is like the dynamics really sort of altered. And I'm just wondering if this is their way because obviously, as you say, Jared Lito is like a an fucking egomaniac and a psychopath. Mm. So is this? I was just wondering, is wondering, is, do you think it's just that kind of angle? Except... Well,
0: the reason I said it was nefarious is that it seems like he cultivates it a lot more, um, I'll just describe it, like indirectly. He's not, he's not necessarily trying to cultivate himself. He, he's sort of uh, encouraging it secretly, and, and the fans themselves are taking the initiative to establish this cult. So he's got like, um, what do you call it? What, what's the word? Plausible deniability. Of, plausible deniability. That's it. Yeah, that's this is why we need EOJ on the show to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pick up on my uh, fucking misgivings. Um, because, uh, like, if you see, you see that video, I don't think that's not, you know, officially produced by the band. That's not the band saying, like, thank you, the fans. I did think
2: it looked very badly produced.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's the fans making it, calling them, giving themselves a title. And, and, um, and he's just encouraging it, really. And he's just playing up to the, the fucking new figure of jesus christ in the world of post-hardcore music a very bland post-hardcore music um i've got another story on on him in that when they released a new album in 2013 they held a a competition and i'll quote this directly pre-order your copy of love lust faith and dreams for a chance to be one of five winners who will receive an exclusive invitation to the lab for a magical night we are calling the sleepover still want more one of the five winners will spend the night at Jared's house in Jared's very own bed. How strange! <laughs> so when I, yeah. when
1: I go when I YouTube thirty seconds to Mars, call one of the top things um, is a H three podcast highlight reel, and I'm like, I'm not watching that.
0: Oh God! Oh, I didn't know he'd covered it. Oh, let's let's scrap this entire section. <laughs> um, They've also charged up to nine hundred dollars for a VIP meet and greet, meet and greet tickets, and uh, won surgical gloves for album signings. Uh, the list goes on. To be honest, um, we could be here all day. He, as an actor, he also has obviously a few infamous stories. Um, he got in Elijah Wood's face at the MTV Awards for not liking his band. Uh, he's uh, well. He's there's been stories of sending used condoms and a dead pig to other actors in Suicide Squad. The list goes on and on. He's. Uh,
1: he's if you look at that, I'll just talent. send you a video. A video, shab. Okay. Um, man, it's that's fucking funny. Um, you know, like we were doing the Nicolas Cage thing. We we're watching some Nicolas Cage films about, and he, some of them were to do with like cults, and like little tiny little hippie cults. These people all look exactly like the sort of people you'd find in one of those films.
0: Well, these are the pictures I was looking at. Basically, I was describing. <laughs> oh God, this thing! What, what, I don't have a sound on it, but it looks like he's humming while everyone meditates to the sound of him humming. That's without sound. That's what it looks like. But yeah, it, it
1: opens it opens with a, a boat arriving right. on the island with Jared Leto on the front of it.
0: Let me, <laughs> let me. That uh, it's just funny at this point. Let me send that to you. Rich. Um,
1: I like how because he he's striking a pose. Is both his arms are in front of him. And then he realises that he's probably not got a great balance on the front of this boat. So he has to move and sort of like it compromises the image of it. I love
2: it. The the guy guy should have just put his foot right down. The fucking bell just yanked his
0: fucking neck back. Could have been a martyr for the cause. God, everyone sat there with their eyes closed. There's that one girl who's like fanning herself because it's like 40 degrees. And there's no air conditioning provided because they're just in some shed that they've paid $1,000 for. Oh. Anyway, I'll not uh, describe something that people just have to listen to, but I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, we're down the rabbit hole now. Uh, right, yeah. uh, he's, he's in what can only be assumed to be like some sort of hotel room. He's got some trousers, like he's just holding trousers <laughs> in front of him. He's putting wall paint on. It's crazy. I love it. Yeah. You no, know, uh, may, maybe he's right.
0: I'm surprised he hasn't funded his own film yet where it's like a semi-fictionalised account of the band's story and he's playing the heroic lead singer. That has to be in the works, surely.
1: Yeah, I'm just checking wiki now. Got to do it, have
0: Yeah, he gave himself gout for uh, when he played. He played the guy who, I can't remember what he's called, Chapman, the guy who killed John Lennon. Yeah. Back in like 2007 or something, he played him and he, he put so much weight on in such a short amount of time he gave himself gout. But I guess that's... Uh, That's more admirable as a sign of his dedication to the role than his uh, ego, I suppose. I, Mm. I guess that was slightly before he was really at the height of his ego. Yeah, I okay, right. okay, here we yeah, go. Sorry, go. Sorry, sorry.
1: Oh yeah, yeah Artifact on. Film. Uh, Artifact is a 2012 American documentary film directed by Jared Leto under the pseudonym Bartholomew Cubbins. It was produced by Leto and Emma Ludbrook through their production company, uh, Sisyphus, which is close enough to syphilis for me. Artifact <laughs> chronicles the modern music business and it charts the legal dispute between Leto's rock band, 30 Seconds to Mars, and their record label, EMI, which filed a $30 million uh, dollar breach of contract lawsuit against them in 2008, after the band tried to exit his contract over a royalties dispute. Um hmm. Synopsis: The film follows Rock Band Thirty Seconds to Mars as they first learn and of and begin to fight their lawsuit. Blah, blah, blah. At the time, they've been writing songs in preparation to the follow up to a beautiful lie. The bulk of the film <laughs> for the bulk of the film, the band consisting of Jared Leto, his brother Shannon Leto, and Timo uh, Milicevic. Is shown working with producers Flood and Steve wanted to create what would eventually become "This Is War." Between the recording sessions, they meet with lawyers. This is a great film. Yeah, it
0: sounds sounds riveting. Well, I mean, Sisyphus is obviously the uh, the character in Greek mythology that was carrying the boulder up the you know mountain uh, and to have it roll back down. I'm surprised right. that seems a bit too humble for uh, Jared Lowe. <laughs> Surely it would be fucking Zeus Records or some shit. Um, yeah, that's that's all I have to say about the man. To be honest, um, I didn't
1: think we'd talk about Jardle Leto, but you did hit the nail on the head.
0: Yeah, he, he's the most obvious one in this in this sort of genre. There's obviously a lot um, from years years gone by, which we mm. mentioned. Mar- Morrissey is another one which we didn't actually sort of, we mentioned it for, as a gig story, but we didn't mention it as him being sort of a downfall of the band and the amount of money they've been offered the Smiths to to do you know, reunion shows and stuff and, it, and it said it's never going to happen purely because of ego. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, That's what it is. If we don't have any other suggestions, uh, we could move on to the news and uh, start to wrap it up.
1: Uh, bu- 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 Dave, Ellison has been kicked out of Megadeth.
0: Ah, uh, yes. I, I wasn't going to mention this because obviously it relates to the, the weekly segment we're trying to, we're moving on from, aren't we? We're moving on for that weekly segment. Uh,
1: um, well, my point about it was it, from the from the statement, it seemed that he, um, it seemed that there was some sort of fraught relationship in the first place.
0: Mm. Which I don't know. Well, Eurage mentioned that news to me, and I said, no, 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 just nip that in the bud. Jim do not want any more segments about sexual assault of the week. But I did say to Eurage, it seems like it was just an excuse. He was already wanting to fire him, and it was just an excuse to fire him, basically. We're not giving him the benefit of the doubt, and he's already demonstrated that the girl he was showing his junk to was of age, but we're just going to fire him.
1: Yeah, because I think like the entire that exchange, there's a... um. There's an undercurrent of if there was if it wasn't an excuse to fire him, and it was on the merits of this controversy, then Mustaine is pretty much a hypocrite himself, isn't he? I'm sure of it. I'm sure I've heard all sorts about him. I'm not um, fucking sure.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, you're just saying that to cover your own ass, there. I am sure.
1: I'm sure. I've heard all sorts of shit. Like it, I, I think it, if it's on the basis of Christianity, and he's not a very good Christian, I guess is my is my point.
0: Well, it's kind of like when we were talking about lead singer syndrome. I, I thought maybe Justin Hawkins falls into that category because I'm sure I heard shit, but then when I tried to research, I, I couldn't find anything. So, uh,
2: all lies. He's a saint. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, we were, well, I. Uh, I you read know, Did you know about that? He wrote jingles. He's been writing jingles for like about I think it's fixed to be about 12, almost 25 years now. He's been writing jingles for IKEA and um, yeah. B and Q and stuff, and that's how they funded the first stop and permission to land.
1: Man of many taunts. I'd be I'd be fascinated. Because you said also in that interview which you sent to me, um he's got he's had a company which does it for 15 years. I'm like, what is this the earner then? Is that what it is? Like, mm. He makes no money from the darkness, he just does it just does jingles. That's awesome. He's is he fucking, is he Charlie um, Sheen from um, Two and a Half Men? <laughs> well, I,
0: <laughs> I would assume so because He's kind of well. I guess he he was the architect of the downfall of the darkness to an extent because not the architect. It
1: implies planning. I think he just got addicted to cocaine and went off.
0: <laughs> well, okay, yeah. He got addicted to cocaine and and claimed that he left the band of his own like out of his own will because they weren't being creative anymore by the by the time they were yeah. producing the third album. But yeah, I guess it was uh, the drugs more likely. Um, but yeah, that that essentially caused a sort of a complete well it wasn't just that to be fair that, that that caused like the drop in popularity that they never recovered from despite you know making a pretty strong comeback and he's sober now and he's a vegan and he lives in switzerland and shit um you know he's as clean as they come now and uh, pretty prolific but uh they can't really recapture that lightning in the bottle that they had in like 2004 and stuff
1: no um, i i have like theories about this all the time though i think that's like you ha- when you have a band blow up like that you Mm. you can't recreate it ever. And it's just like what you, but what you do have is like a a net that's cast remarkably wide. So for like your next two or three releases, then you're finding your core audience and going, okay, we're going to sell about 10,000 each time or whatever it's going to be. And that's kind of like you that you operate on that modus operandi for the rest of your career. Like dragon force is the same. It fucking blew up in 2006 within human rampage. But since Mm. then it's been like, okay, we're going to sort of scale it out back down. Now we know, who the audience is. And that's what we're playing to.
0: Well, the darkness didn't do that with their second release, uh, one way Ticket to, to hell and back because that, that was a bit of, I, I, that whole thing sounded like a bit of an ego project, a bit like they were, you know, high off their own supply. Um, I read actually complete coincidence. Cause I've always thought the album was like, Oh, they're trying to be queen now. Like this, the vocals are way overproduced. It's way too over operatic and, and, um up and they're um you know like every fucking vocal bit piece had about five different takes laid over of justin hawkins being like Whoa! um and it was <laughs> yeah, so like
2: the second of it was brilliant it Probably was no it. I
0: know the the singles the, sing, the songs themselves are like really good like before the album came out and um i saw you know i saw them live and they performed like one or two i think and then you know, um, a friend of mine, Shahin, who's a big fan of them. We were, we would like download the fucking bootlegs of the live versions of these songs before they had been released or anything. And you know, they were stripped down then, and the, and the songs themselves structurally were were sound. You know, they're really good songs and everything. We're looking forward to like hearing them. And then, but then when I heard them on the album, they're like way overproduced. The vocals are like way overproduced, way overlayered, way like over operatic. Attempting to be Freddie Mercury, attempting to to recapture like um, bicycle race on every song, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, That it it just fell flat at that point. It was like, if they had, if they had, because the first album was like ACDC with a lot of falsetto, like it was just an ACDC ripoff band with falsetto, basically. Um, That's what all the riffs were. And it was pretty raw, like rock and roll, but that's not what the second album was. And I think like they lost their appeal and their magic because they went too overproduced and i just read last night by coincidence that the guy who produced that album the second album was the producer of um queen's albums or or a lot of them oh really okay so, so it all go it all sort of comes full circle though oh that's why uh, it might not have been his influence it might have been justin hawkins himself saying oh wow you work with freddie mercury can you make my vocals sound like his because that's uh really cool and let's try and let's try that and because that's what the album came across to me immediately without knowing that. Uh, I've only just found that out recently. So that's, mm. uh, this is like a massive tangent, really, of, of whatever we're talking about to begin with. But that is my criticism of the second album, in that the songs are really good. It's just way overproduced. I, I think they did they spent a lot longer than they uh, were intending to when they recorded the album. And it's probably because they just kept thinking, oh, we need to add more. But we need to make this sound more like the harmonies of Brian May and Freddie Mercury and the, and the rest of them and everything that's what it came across to me it, you, can, you can have your opinion here, Rich, please uh, <laughs> you, you don't disagree with that obviously so be, feel free to chime in I'm just,
2: I'm just gobsmacked if there's any criticism of, uh, of that <laughs> I, 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 thought, I thought we were in a safe space here,
0: or... yeah <laughs> well we're not <laughs> <laughs> I think this album just brings out, this, this podcast just brings out the uh, the worst in me where I suddenly start disliking stuff I thought I'd liked my whole life. Mm.
2: Yeah, it's a bit, uh, bit of a people pleaser, I suppose. Just trying to court a controversy, get them clicks. I, I, the,
1: uh, I think I think the recent darkness is like the best darkness. Low really? stakes darkness. Yeah. Okay, well, well, that's clearly yeah. bullshit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, no one agrees with anything. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess that's a good thing.
1: Pinewood smile
2: is a great album. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean they they they're good albums, but yeah, I mean they're not one way ticket or 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 permission to land.
0: Well, you, I don't. Were you? Were you really into The Darkness when they released, like, One Way Ticket to Hell and Back, or not? Or did you get into them a bit, a little bit later than that?
2: Uh, I mean, was, uh, yeah, I mean, well, I think, like, I don't know if I was, like, really, really into, like, anyone at that point. You yeah, know, I, I sort of didn't, like, follow bands, because I was, like, you know, 10 or whatever. <laughs> but, um... You know it was just listening to like shit like Green Day that you go back and listen to now, and you're like Jesus Christ was I like mentally handicapped at the time <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but like yeah, so I think like certainly it was like yeah a couple of years later when I you know had matured enough to appreciate the artistic value in the darkness
0: I think well, I think in retrospect um you know going back and, and listen to one way Ticket in hell and back, you can probably appreciate it and everything, but I think when maybe when Shahan and I overhyped it a little bit because we were anticipating yep. the album so much because we were we had this like mutual love of um permission to bla- uh, permission to land and we'd you know collect all the fucking single b sides and everything so religiously I think the departure in the sound and also the, the lead single One Way Ticket to and Back is like the worst song on that album I think. But if you'd agree with that, do you agree with that? At least can I get one I mean- agreement?
2: I mean, you know, when everything's a ten out of
0: ten, it's hard to. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, come on now. Nah. That that is not it's not a great song. One way to get tell them back, um, I don't think. I um,
1: oh, no, I thought I, I didn't really listen to that album to be honest, uh, but no, I wasn't impressed by that single.
0: Mm. Now uh, I think that's the weakest song on the album, to be fair. And I think the, the fact that they started with that was immediately like a downer. On the anticipation that we'd already built up, and then and then also you know hearing some of the songs like Seem Like a Good Idea, which was it is quite emotional, like on the early live versions where it's stripped back. And then the fucking Add the Queen vocal melodies in the album version, and it just loses it, it just loses the fucking sound that I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's a mistake listening to live versions of songs before they release them on the album, because I've done that with other bands like brand new. And then when I hear the song, I'm like, oh, this isn't as good. (laughs) I think uh, some bands... It's your own peril, though, isn't it? Well, I think think bands like... I think you could do that with your own music, where if you spend too long on it, you sort of lose the... You lose sight of what was good about it in the first place, and you start, like, changing stuff. And it, it loses its, like, melody. It loses, like, what was, you know... Good at it. it's. Bare, it's foundation. What was good about its foundations? You start adding stuff, and it and it loses it. And I think like maybe bands like The Darkness, especially on that album, you know, were guilty of spending too long deliberating over the songs and t- tweaking them, um, and that's why it, it suffered, in my opinion.
2: I think we definitely veered back into the sort of realm of metal, where it's like, oh, your favourite song isn't that that demo they did. Recording it on a potato in 1992. Well, you're not a real fan, are
0: you? Uh, I'm not trying to claim people aren't fans. I'm just saying that's that's. I think that's probably why. You know, at the time, it it, it disappointed me. I don't know if it disappointed like Shahin, my friend, who was, uh, you know, the co fan. Um, I think he probably liked it, but it just got a bit. They just um. I don't know. It was it was it was not it was not the darkness that I knew, that's all I'll say. <laughs> uh, Broken any, hearts. Any other news? <laughs>
2: no, no, nothing else. Mar- Marilyn Manson's got his arrest warrant out. Oh really? Uh, re- return to that little uh, doozy from last week.
1: Jesus fucking Nazareth.
0: Ah <laughs> uh, dear. well Oh uh, there's
1: the new download festival. They're doing like a pilot festival. Yeah, ten
0: thousand pounds, isn't
1: it? Yeah,
0: Do you know no it's been announced.
1: that? No, I don't think anyone's been announced yet. Okay. I think they're just saying, "Hey, we're gonna have ten thousand people. It's gonna be like a normal. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a festival." I think.
0: Well, they have the uh, Slam Dunk in Leeds, which they said they were going to go ahead with. I don't know if that's uh, still going ahead.
1: It's usually end of May, that isn't it? So,
0: good luck. Yeah, well, they they did delay it last year, and then the, and then they cancelled it, sort of things. So I don't know. If, can't see any information about that. No, no, uh, nothing concrete. Mm. The only other. News I saw, which was just, I just thought was funny, was the one was a good friend of the show, Dino Casares, uh, uh, recalls making out with different strokes child actress Dana Plato. She wasn't the child at the time; just saying she was she was a famous child actress. And he said we had a connection, um, and I thought that was funny. He was just recounting some party he was at way. randomly met a child actress from Different Strokes and made out with her on a car, which. I'm not sure if I believe, but um, <laughs> well, then it got it got really fucking brutal and tragic. Then you actually read right up on the fucking background of this uh, this actress Plato, who like uh, she basically fell into drug use, like didn't really translate into an adult, a decent you know adult, successful adult actress. Uh, she was arrested for attempting to rob a video star at gunpoint and um and then she died of an overdose in nineteen ninety nine at thirty four years old and then her son Tyler committed suicide eleven years later i think uh with a gunshot to the head, so it ended up being really from what was a funny article ended up being a really depressing read uh, but I thought Plus, it was when,
2: when, when that's the person <laughs> you're talking about. You, you... <laughs> You maybe don't like go around telling everyone you made out with them. Like, it seemed a bit in bad taste. Like, yeah, I guess so. just keep that to yourself.
1: You know, well, yeah, I think I thought, it was for the it was an interview with X Man podcast with Doc Coyle. I remember yeah. listening to it, and that bit is, is I can't remember if it was our place or not, but reading it out of context, it certainly feels strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well,
0: I think I think he was trying to be like nostalgic about it and say we had a moment, we had a connection. I never saw her again, but it was really cool. It was a cool moment uh, where he was trying to be sweet about it, I guess. But um, <laughs> if you want to end the show on that fucking fine, <laughs> fine note, I'd be more than happy. Watch it,
1: watch it, off again. Uh, Valium overdose. Okay, thanks everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's it. Yes. Cue, cue, cue the music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, terrible taste well thanks for that Shav there's, there's also oh. the, the guy that sang
2: Under the Sea from uh, is it Little Mermaid passed oh, away yeah. don't,
1: don't pretend you have no fucking clue of course it was Little Mermaid what else is it going to
2: be <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying to what well, yeah, I was thinking what what, what's, what what is the movie is it Under the Sea uh, Lion King <laughs> <laughs> the, well the new Lion King definitely should oh. have been Under the Sea so they all just drowned in the first five minutes and you didn't what's that shite
0: oh but... uh, did you watch it
2: I fucking went to the cinema and see it. I told everyone it was going to be absolute crap. No one would have it. We got there, and it's just fucking Beyonce, like
0: just doing her vocal wankery for two hours. Oh, god, oh god, the cult around Beyonce. Speaking of cultish figures in the music scene, Although I don't have a, I don't have a segment prepared for that. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> she can't do out wrong. No, uh,
0: uh, her songs are so pretentious now. Oh god, um, that one with like a, with like a, a horn in it. Oh my god. Oh. oh, oh, oh! I'm, I'm horn. I'm, 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 the, yeah, there's like a horn in the background blaring. That just goes beep, beep, and it's <laughs> they don't really. It's almost like a cappella the song, but it just has this beep, and it's. Oh, I it, oh, it's like I'm getting I'm getting bile coming up my coming up my throat as we speak about
1: it. Uh, what's the horn sound like again? Uh, what's a, what's <laughs> I'm trying to get a new. I don't want to bleep out any more words. I want to use the horn sound. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, what's
0: the, what the name? of the fucking song? Um, who cares? Well, yeah, I know who cares, but it's so bad it's like songs worth revisiting. Uh, because you need you need like a like a base level for what to compare the music to, don't you? And that sort of it. Um, oh, we're really spiralling out of control, aren't we? Yes, we are. Right. Um, <laughs> should,
1: call, should we
0: call Should call
1: Should we call it
0: quiz? I thought we already had. So I thought my. Rendition of final music. It's gonna be just cut it off there.
1: can do it,
0: Nah, nah. I think that I think it's worth shit on Beyonce.